tonight, you're on your way home and you get hit by a drunk driver and you die. Your funeral in a couple weeks, are people going to remember you as Tim Brown that owned the podcast that was really successful and drove all these supercars and was a badass? Or Tim Brown was the guy that had that podcast and that agency to where he was always looking how he could help the next person. And for Hobika services, what's your guys' kind of differentiation in the market? They, 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 they see family, right? And we, we, we advertise it, you know, every billboard, every advertisement. We're the most likable people you'll, you'll ever meet. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Plumbing and HVAC Hustle Podcast, and today I've got Andy Hobika of Hobika Services. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm amazing. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast, and uh, I'm just so glad I get to meet a new friend today. Dude, same. We're talking about what does a, a $5 million plus comfort advisor do differently? Like, I know that you've had years where you've done more than $5 million, and I just want to learn from you and pick your brain and but first could we just get like a two three minute background on just like you and what you've been up to where you come from and what you're doing now sure man sure yeah so my grandfather paul eswabica started the company back in 1952 he actually got out of the war and went to college with the gi bill and you know started his own air conditioning company which was a refrigeration company back in the day and you skip forward a little bit my dad and his brothers bought the business in the 80s and then, you know, still family run today, but that's 72 years ago. So 1952, you know, been in business for 72 years, still family run, um, still, you know, the whole family oriented company. But um, I started working here when I was about 12 years old. So right about 12 years old, I had the motivation to work here because my dad would always tell me, you know, if you, if you, if you want nice things, you're going to work your butt off for it. So right around 12, 13, no more allowance, no more here, here you go. He'd basically like, dude, for, for example, he'd be like, you know, hey, you, want, you, you need a new pair of shoes. Here's 30 bucks. If you want a nicer pair of shoes that's going to cost $70, $80, $90, you better start working for it. So, you know, mowing lawns, delivering papers, door-to-door sales, doing all this stuff. And then when I got old enough to where I'd come to work with him. So every summer while my friends are screwing off every summer, screwing up, I'm literally crawling through 160-degree attics, running duct work, insulation helping out the install team, riding with technicians. And I grew up in the business every single summer going up. And then when I hit 18, I went to a little community college and then as well went full-time as an installer, was a technician full-time for about eight to 10 years. And then I've been a full-time comfort advisor or sales guy for seven years now. And for Hobika services, what's your guys' kind of differentiation in the market? Like what do people look at you guys as different um, regarding they they, they 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 see family right and, and we, we we advertise it you know every billboard every advertisement we're the most likable people you'll you'll ever meet right it's my dad's slogan and lo- lo- long story short we'll always be the the, the most likable people that you'll ever meet because yeah. when we come up to the door everything that we do in our process i don't care if it's a, a service a filter change an install a sales call guaranteed out of all the relationships everyone you meet in the industry will be the most likable and you'll basically treat you like family, no matter if your last name's Hobika or not. I like that. That's good. So likability, and you're talking just about like niceness. Correct. As a person, like that's obviously like a positioning thing with your um, company and stuff, but like in your family, do you really, as a value, do you believe in niceness and likability? Oh, yeah. Like niceness is important to you as a human? Yeah, 100%. So like, daily life. I don't care if it's in work or out of work. 
I try to be as nice as possible in every single situation because you never know who you're going to meet. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people say like, Andy, you have so many, you know, self-driven referrals. So I'll be going out on these sales calls and none of my guys are doing anything. They're like, you know, how, how do you have all these referrals? I'm like, well, they're all self-driven referrals. I got them all myself. They're like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, dude, I could literally be walking in a grocery store. I'm, I'm a little ADD. <laughs> so I just have that attention. I'm looking around, but I'll be, I'll, I'll be in a shopping, you know, I'll hold my shopping cart and I'm in line. I'm just looking around to do something. I'll turn around and I'll start a conversation with someone behind me. And just me being courteous and nice, maybe, you know, maybe going out to the, you know, car to load up your groceries and you see a lady loading up. My first thought is if I didn't help that lady or at least offer to help that lady put her groceries in the back of her car, my dad would be very unhappy right now. Like, you yeah. know, as a kid, yeah. but it stuck with me as an adult. So I would always offer. I'd be like, ma'am, just, you know, not trying to be a creep, but I could help you put those groceries in the back if you'd like. I, I see some heavy stuff at the bottom. Most people say no, but the ones that do accept, you never know what that relationship's going to do. You can go back to the grocery store the next week, see that lady again, and she'll be like, hey, Andy, it's the guy that helped me with the groceries. And then sooner or later, she finds out who I am, and then they start using us as a customer because we're real people. We, tr we try to represent, re represent ourselves well and you know, be nice in every situation no matter what. And then when they find out who you are, they're like, wow, I want to do business with this person. I've seen that with a lot of high-performing salespeople. And I want to say it is useful for me to know that will make me money. Cause I think my brain back in the day when I was just becoming a professional and I read books about like Steve jobs and things like that, where they're kind of a dick and yep. I got it in my mind that like actually success is partly because we're a little bit of a dick and like I was too nice before that. Mm. So I was going to try to be a little bit more uh, direct and punchy yeah. and, and like, and there are benefits to being direct, right, and intense. But I'm grateful that my my personal values are starting to shift again. I think partly because I had a daughter towards just like... Being... <laughs> same feeling here, brother. What's that? S same thing here, brother. I yeah. became a softie when I had my daughter. And, it, and also just being around people like you... And I also shouted a, a high-performing salesperson who every morning would like make a goal around meeting people and and, and like essentially like mm -hmm. his values. One, he was selling a lot, and I could see that part of it was because he made such an effort to be nice. And when I used to think niceness was not as important as being driven, mm. so like I kind of shifted the last like couple of years just as I've seen some. Incredible CEOs and salespeople yep. being really nice and caring about it, which is just different. And, and the more you surround yourself with it, the more you're going to want more of it. It's kind of like a dopamine rush, right? So if you're, you know, always say that story where, you know, you, let's say you and your wife or you and your girlfriend walk into a party, right? And let's say it's her company party, like for where she works. So you don't know everyone. You're just there to support her. And you walk in and she sees someone she knows and she's like, hey, babe, I'll be back. And she runs off. Now, what happens? You're standing there in the middle of the room. You have no idea what to do. Now, you're going to run into two people in the next 10 minutes. You're going to walk up to someone and say, hey, I'm Tim. And they're going to respond, hey, Tim, how are you? Good. Wonderful. What do you do for a living, Tim? And they make the conversation all about you. And they're super nice. And they're, they're that much better to make you feel comfortable in the situation because they're interested in to know about you. Now, there might be a benefit into knowing about you, but maybe not. Maybe they're just a nice person. Let's say you end that conversation and you meet the next person and they're all about themselves and they can really give a shit about what you have to say. Mm. Who do you want to surround yourself with? The first guy. 
So I literally wake up every day and I tell myself, I want to meet five more of those people every single day mm. and implement myself into their life because it might be able to get something out of it. But to be honest, man, I'm going to learn something from every situation. And to be honest, I'll, I'll become a better person just hanging out with those people. Because you know as well as I do, Tim, the top five people you hang out with is who you're going to become in five years. So you might as well hang out with badasses and you might as well hang out with nice people, right? Exactly. And just knowing that they can go together, right? Like, in, And like I've been around enough people that have money and are really good at sales and really good at running companies that are also very, very nice. And now, now I don't have an excuse. Now I don't have an excuse because it is easier to be kind of a little crunchy sometimes, but it takes the same amount of effort. I always say it takes the same amount of effort to be a piece of shit as it does to be a high performer. Like really, it's tiring to be, 100%. A, to be a lazy piece of shit. And I've done it, right? My early 20s, whatever. Yeah. Like we all, yeah. like we all had our periods, whatever. So. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Anyways, the whole thing is, is <laughs> no. Like, every, everyone, everyone had their time. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's always like a moment though, you know, like where you can apply a little bit of effort, or you could not apply an effort, but it's to be nice, but it's still going to be tiring. There's still effort required once you, you know, it's either effort up front or effort later to kind of like mitigate the consequences of being a dick. Um, <laughs> and once again, I've done that too. So, like, talk to me a little bit about like. You talked about getting to know people. Like, why does this really matter for comfort advisors? I know that not only outside of work you do that, but inside of work, you'll take the extra time to be with somebody or be with a family and like care yep. about them. Why does it really matter to get to know people? Well, you know, Tim, who do people buy from? People they like and people they're comfortable with. So if you're going up to someone's house and you're rushing to the sale, does the person like you or does the person even know who you are? How are they going to be able to trust you with a purchase of $30,000, $40,000 average ticket to someone that they don't know and don't trust? I'll tell you right now, if you came into my home and you were a salesperson and you jumped right at the sale, it's going to be a hard, hey, I'd like to think about it. And then when they left, I have no idea who that person was. They were just trying to sell me crap versus the person that walked in my home, got on a first name basis, made the first 35 to 45 minutes all about me and my family and why I called their company. And they, they, they found out the reasons and how they can help me and make my life easier. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that person all the time I can because at the end of the day, anyone can sell anyone an air conditioner. You can go over, here's three options, great. But what a lot of people don't have the patience to do is go over and create a friendship with that customer. If you create a friendship with that customer and you build trust in a couple hours, by the time that two hours is over, they let their guard down, they start telling you everything that's happening. And to be honest, man, I'll get to the point of return. I, three hours in and they still want to think about it, I'm able to you know, ask those really uncomfortable questions. And the really un uncomfortable questions are, well, why are we waiting? Did, did you find someone cheaper? What's the name of that company? They'll spill their beans if you built that rapport. If you didn't build the rapport and you're just going straight for the sale, they'd be like, I just gotta think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta think about it means 15 different things that you didn't uncover because you don't know the person. Okay, let me ask two obvious follow-up questions to this. like. What do companies, you know, I, I'm still new. I'm going to keep saying this for a year. I'm new sure. to the HVAC industry. I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can. Expectations around time for appointments. What do those look sure. like at different companies? And have you yeah. guys kind of, because of the niceness thing, niceness takes time. So have you it guys does. increased the amount of time that you allow for these appointments? And what mm -hmm. is that compared to other companies? And do they have like tighter windows? Well, to be honest, Tim, I think a lot of companies are just rushed to get to the next appointment for an easy sale. 
I went out on calls and the guy before me didn't even go on the roof, didn't go in the attic, didn't go to the equipment, took a couple pictures, and then he was rushed to get down with the customer to get the sale. Does that come from, sorry, is that coming from the company's expectation for timelines or is that coming from the comfort advisor? I think both. Okay. Uh, I think the company's not training properly. I don't think the company's setting that expectation with the employees or telling them how to do things or going through a process because you know as well as I do, I'm going to spend 30 minutes on creating a relationship at first. Then I've got to look at the equipment. Then I've got to create some options. Then I've got to educate you. So at the least amount of time I'm, I'm at a call is about an hour and a half. Mm. Least. Usually at a home for about two to three hours. Okay. I, I dig it. Um, talk to me about how... Actually, any other things you want to say about that? Because I just wanted to like yeah. try to understand the industry's expectation around this sure. and your guys' like how you're doing yeah. it differently. There's just just not skipping steps, Tim, like yeah. we talked about before the before the interview, is people skip steps. Do you need to do a heat load on every call? Yes. Do most people do it? No. And the problem is, is because I'll walk in. And let's say it's a 1,900 square foot home in Phoenix, Arizona, and they have proper windows and proper insulation. Anyone that knows what they're talking about, has any experience, knows that's a four-ton system. Now, do they really need a four-ton system year-round? No, but I have to size it for a 120-degree day. Otherwise, it will not work when it's blistering hot outside. So I have to size it for a four-ton. Now, we're going to go over good, better, best on single-stage, two-stage, and inverter. But at the end of the day... I, how would I know that that house needed a four ton or not if I wouldn't have done the actual heat load to look at it? Because a lot of the time, the person that just bought the home, they had no idea what was there before. Where the, the, the system before, they had actually oversized it and put a five ton because maybe they had it in stock. So most people just show up, take a picture and be like, oh, it's a five ton. I'm going to sell this next customer a five ton. Four people do that in a row. And then Andy comes in, does a heat load on the house, looks at everything and says, you have a five ton system on a 1900 square foot home. You have really good windows and really good insulation. The proper size system you need is a four ton and that's max. So I'm gonna explain that to you. They look back at me and say, well, everyone else is quoting me a five ton. I can't compare apples to apples. Andy's not even quoting the same thing. It's a smaller system. Like, well, you know, I'm just looking out for you and your family. If you really want a five ton, I'd rather not do the work because it's gonna short cycle and it's actually gonna create more problems with your system, your house and your ductwork. And I gotta do it right. You know, I can talk about my company all day long or how good we are and awesome. But the thing is, is if there was a lot of negative complaints, they'd be everywhere. There, we have like literally like 10 outstanding Google complaints and they actually don't make sense. They're like not real complaints. And we're one of the only companies in Phoenix, Arizona to have zero complaints in 72 years on the Better Business Bureau. <clears throat> so if, if I was lying about this stuff, it'd be out there, wouldn't it be? Yeah. What's so special about this conference is the fact that it's so intimate compared to others out there where you have hundreds of people where you can barely get FaceTime. The subject matter experts that we have here, it's just unmatched. There's hundreds of different groups out there, but not all groups do it the same way. And you're gonna learn something different here that can implement in your business. If you guys aren't at this event, what we just went over today with Joe Cacera step-by-step with a call-by-call is amazing. If your team is struggling with installations, with getting guys to perform, got to be at this event for Joe Sarah. So let me, let me ask you, how long does it take for a new like recruit uh, under you guys, like mm-hmm. to be decent at selling this stuff? Like if they were just a comfort advisor, not necessarily a selling technician, like how, how long could it take for that? Like, have you seen it take and what's like the common amount of time it takes to get good at this? 
Yeah, to, well, to get good, it's going to take a couple of years, right? But you're going to want to roll them out after about six months. But they're going to go on ride-alongs. They're going to go do a training if you have in-house training outside. But at the end of the day, I do like hiring, you know, salespeople that were technicians before. Maybe they're a good good communicator, but I do want some field, you know, field yeah. technical, you know, experience because not talking crap, but a lot of my competitors in Phoenix, a lot. The, the calls I show up to after where they're getting three or four quotes and I'm the second or third guy in there, the two guys before me had no idea what they were talking about technical-wise. So when the customer, whether they're an engineer and really smart or they just looked it up online and they know the questions to ask, the answers didn't make any sense to where they're like, well, that guy said he's going to do this. And I'll look back at the customer and say, actually, that doesn't make sense for your scenario. That actually won't help that room cool off. But this will. And let me show you why. I did this. I installed the units. I worked on them. This is exactly what's going to happen. You know what? If it doesn't make that room comfortable, I'll give you all your money back. That's how confident I am. You don't need more supply air to that room. You need a return. Let me tell you why. It's, it's all education. But, you know, yeah. you would never find out that stuff if you never installed the units and worked on them for at least five years. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that, that happens in every industry, right? Like the salesperson yep. who's never done the thing. Well, a lot of companies will hire used car sales guys. They're good at selling. And dude, they'll still do good in HVAC. Yeah. They're going to average like two to three million. But if you want to pass that three to three and a half million marker, you better have some field you know, knowledge to yeah. where if a customer asks you out, they're about to spend 50 grand with you on two air conditioning systems, ductwork and insulation. You better know what you're talking about when they get technical. Well, Andy, why does it have 150 stages? How does that work? Where does the relative humidity come in? You better be ready for those answers. What is the two the $2 million guy, let's say, what is like his take home in this industry? It really depends on how they pay, right? So like some companies- Some kind of ranges? You know, some, some companies pay like, you know, 6%. Some companies pay as high as 15. So it really depends on like where your company's paying you and well, then obviously how many discounts you're given. What, what's the math on that? Let's, so up. an average $2 million guy? Yeah. Average, average is going to probably pull right around 100 grand. Okay. So, okay. So the, the problem, average. I think one of the problems that happens too is like where if you get a hundred K like plus, yep. it's very easy to say, I'm good, bro. Like, Correct. you know what I mean? Like, that's why I yep. think like most people are not going past a certain threshold because once you go past a certain threshold, sometimes people just get lazy or right. they, like, let's say if you were just a, a comfort advisor, you've never been a technician, then you'd rest on not learning more technical information that might help you sell more, but I'm past 100, so I'm, kind of, I'm basically cream of the crap over here, you know? But you're not, you're not gonna work for me. Yeah. So the problem is, is our minimum is three million, minimum. Yeah. And if you're slacking and we're giving you all the training in the world, you're gonna fire yourself at the end of the day because mm -hmm. at Hobica, I don't care if you're a technician, installer, salesperson, office person, just like a lot of people have said in your podcast, like my good buddy, Doug Wyatt, that you guys talked about, I don't fire anybody. You know, none of my supervisors, no owners, no one fires anyone. You fire yourself because you're, 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 not, you're not doing what you promised yourself and me that you were going to do. Yeah, do go check out that, that fire episode with Doug. Very oh, I, I did. I listened to it. Yeah, I'm just saying for the audience, oh, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. challenging. And oh, yeah. yeah, it essentially walks you through how to let somebody let themselves go because you set up very clear criteria and they didn't achieve it. So they'll know the, the, the problem is, is when we let somebody go and they didn't know they were going to be like, Oh, that's always the worst feeling in the world. Yep. Um, I would highly recommend the listeners to look up Doug Wyatt yeah. synergy. 
because his training's phenomenal. I've been through some of it, and me and Doug are close friends. And to be honest, man, Doug is the real deal, and I, I like him as a person. He's a nice person. Yeah, absolutely. So what is, as far as a salesperson, and let's get back into your, sure. yourself as a salesperson. You, you mentioned being comfortable. Being uncomfortable is really important in the right. home even like, so you're getting to know people and it is awkward. There's awkwardness, right? Like literally getting, oh, what's that getting, getting, being okay with being comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Because there's like, no offense. Like we're dealing with homeowners here. There's weirdos and there's odd situations. Like there's gotta be like unclean places and like, you know, oh, yeah. situations where the person's not somebody that you necessarily associate with every day. So how do you deal with that and still build rapport when it's, you know what I mean? Do you feel like authentic when you're being nice to this person? I mean, real, that's the, my real question is. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand. So yeah. at the end of the day, um, I'm genuine 90% of the time, but some situations, Tim, you gotta fake it. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, I'm conservative, you know, I'm more conservative, more, more right leaning. At the end of the day, most business owners are because you want to hold on to your money. Yeah. No matter if you care who's running the country, you just want to be able to make more money, take more home and then hire more people. Yeah. If I'm taxed another 20% next year, all that means is I'm going to hire less people. Is mm -hmm. that good for the economy or bad for the economy? So like, that's what I always think about if, if without getting into politics, um, I'm, 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 I'm more, I'm more right. But at the end of the day, if I walk into a house, and there's a picture of Biden on the wall and it's hardcore liberal, I'm gonna fake be a liberal for about half an hour. Like some candles? Yeah, no, dude, I've seen it. And they're like, honest, they'll say, yeah, Trump's the devil, he's a horrible person. I'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people don't like him. You, you, have to, yeah. you, you have to be genuine in the situation. At the end of the day, I'm gonna be nice to everyone in every situation. It's, it's just like the COVID thing. I didn't believe any of it. But if a customer asks me to put a mask on, I'm gonna put a mask on for two things. One, I'm creating that customer relationship and I'm trying to be the best I can be, whether I believe it or not. And two, Tim, they're about to pay you. So shut up and do it. Mm. I can get it. I can get it. So like if you were coaching someone who was, sure. I do think there's an overemphasis sometimes on genuine and authentic because no offense, like I believe personality isn't permanent. One, so I could actually become a nicer person even if I used to be a dick. Like I actually believe that we can grow as human beings. So my question is like, how would you coach somebody on that who thinks they have like, this is their personality. Oh, I'm just chill and I'm not that, you know, like I'm not that whatever. Could you coach them up and how would you coach them up to be more friendly and kind of gregarious or whatever in the home? But I'd, ha I'd have them talk about their current life and their lifestyle. Are you happy with everything that you're doing? Are you making more money than you know what to do with? Are you being able to, you know, if I told you, hey, Tim, I need you to donate $100,000 to this charity I just started and you like me and you believe in me, would you be able to do that? Most of them look at me like, no, I, I wouldn't be able to afford that. I'm like, okay, would you like to be that person someday to where you don't give a shit about 100 grand where you just give it away to charity? Yeah, I'd love to be that person. Cool. We can't be chill anymore. We have to be a little bit more direct. Are you okay with coaching about this? And you just go into that aspect to where if you want something different, you might as well act different to where you keep acting the same person. You're not going to get, you know, a different outcome. All right. That's with um, everything. No, I love that. Um, what are some other like things that you coach people on towards the beginning 
so that you can like that expectation of the three million plus. That's unusual, I think, right? Correct. It is. So can you like what do you guys do at the beginning? Because you have to take massive action with these people probably early to frame this up. Like, yep. So how do you frame it up and how do you coach them up at the beginning so that they are prepared to make that and that that's the expectation and that they're likely to do it? So we have one way to do things the whole bike away. I don't care how Parker and Sons and George Brazil and all these big, I don't care how they're doing things. They're doing something right, they're doing something wrong. I really don't care. We have one way, the whole bike away. So you're gonna learn, you're gonna learn the tradition and how important it is to create that relationship. You're gonna learn all the processes from calling the customer when you're on the way, offering them a drink when you're on the way, putting your booties on, parking in the right spot, the whole process, everyone does the same thing. You can just switch it up a little bit of how you create that relationship, but everyone's doing the same thing. So it's like tech technicians. You have my company out to your house and you have, you know, Tim out, then you have Andy out, then you have Jake out, then you have Jeff out. You're going to have the same experience with all my guys because they all follow the exact same process, but they also all have a different way of creating that relationship with their customer. I'll have people that say all the time, like, man, like, I want Justin out of my house. And we're like, well, Justin's out for the next two weeks. He's booked. Like, he's on a big job. I'll wait for Justin. What we'll say is, well, you can wait for Justin. That's fine. Or we can actually implement someone else. I guarantee you'll have a good experience. So we'll send Jeff out. He's never been at the house. As soon as Jeff walked into the house, he's the new person's best friend. Because yeah. now they're going to ask for Jeff because we, we, we follow those same guidelines. So it's more of that, like, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over and following the process. And then we do a lot of role playing, a lot of training firsthand. So they're not nervous in those situations, even though you know, I, you and I both know that until you're in front of the homeowner, until you're at the kitchen table and you do that a couple thousand times, it's going to be uncomfortable. So Andy, if I ever get to shadow you in, in the field or anything like that, if sure. I would love to do role play with you sure. and kind of learn from you in that way. I do think role play is one of those things that just, I love role play. So crucial. We do, we use it in not just sales. We'll use it in leadership and you know, other things in our company. I think it's just super useful. Yep. Um, at Pantheon, man, you were at Pantheon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw you there. I, did, I to be honest, if I knew who you were, I would like. I knew who you were. You're, yeah. you know, you're Tim. You're, you're Tim Hook, or you know, I have all these different names. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Hook. But so I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's a different stuff. person. <laughs> I got confused. No. So no, it's all good. Like, uh, so me and my father both spoke at Pantheon. Right? Yeah. And in my talk, to be honest, I get bored, so I'll tell people. This is my slideshow. I probably won't get through it all because I get sidetracked. I get a little bit bored, but I want you guys to get as much out of this as possible. So it was like building the perfect sale. Middle of the slideshow, I stopped and I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bored. Who wants to role play? Give yeah. me something that you get every day. They stood up and we role played. People got more out of that interaction than they did in any breakout because it was real. Mm. Ooh. See, I love role play. It's so good. Um, any other things that you really push in that training process that you think other companies should be pushing? And I know that this is, you know, it's a short conversation, but yeah, it's okay. Things not that skipping push. steps, Yep. not skipping steps. Right. So like every single one of my guys, um, if I find out that maybe you didn't get the sale because you didn't go in the attic, you didn't go on the roof, you didn't take 15 videos, you didn't do all these things that I told you to become successful, it's going to do it. You didn't do those things. Well, it's your own fault, man. You really don't belong here because if I come out to your house, Tim, I'm going to create that amazing relationship. I will create that trust factor. But as well, every single piece of equipment I go out to, the condenser, 
on the ground, on the roof for a package unit, in the attic, in the garage for the water heater. Anything I look at, I'm creating a video and taking a minimum of five pictures. Mm. I'm sharing those with you along the way or at the end of my presentation. You know why? Because no one's freaking doing it. Do you use anything for that or are you just on your phone? Like, you know, on my phone and then upload them all to Service Titan. Okay, sweet. Um, huge, huge. Documentation is huge. Also good for liability. <laughs> if something breaks or something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I've got a... Uh, couple speed rounds for you sure my first question it's hot takes and cold trends what's for the first one hot takes what's something that you think is controversial but you really believe um, but a lot of people in the industry might find controversial a lot of people man I've been seeing a lot of videos and reels lately people saying you know creating that customer relationship and becoming their friend is a waste of time Okay, fine with me. Well, my numbers don't lie. So at the end of the day, I, I put myself in the customer's shoes. And these people say, well, building rapport and going above and beyond with the customer is old. They just want to be educated. I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm old school. If someone comes into my home and they don't build any rapport, they just want to get straight to the sale. It's the biggest turnoff in the world. Mm. So a lot of people, like, you'll, you'll see people. I, I saw a post the other day, and they're like, man, my guys are spending way too much time talking to customers. And they need to get on to the next call. No, man, you want them to spending more time with the customer. You just need to be able to have them be have the incentive to do, you know, something for the customer. So a lot of service companies will come out, they'll do the service at the home and then, hey, there's no issues. I'm out of there. That's called um, it's like a no charge call, right? Or no opportunity call. We don't have a no charge or a no opportunity call. Why? Because we offer so many products, whether it's something that we offer or it's a subcontractor. So maybe I'm coming out to your house, Tim, and everything's working great. It's a three-year-old system. It's in warranty. And everything's wonderful. There's no issues. Well, did you do your white rag experience? Did you go in the attic and check the insulation level? Did you? There's just so many little things that you can do. Did you look how old the water heater was? I know it's not something that you're there for, but hey, wouldn't you much rather have me come to you, Tim, and say, hey, everything's working great, but you know what? While I was walking in the backyard, I was walking through your garage and I saw your water heater. It looked a little bit rusty. I walked over and it's a 15-year-old water heater. You know the average life on a water heater, Tim? About mm. 10 years in Arizona. After that, you're taking the chances of it just blowing up. When's the last time you dealt with water damage and mold and mildew and all that crap that happens after a water tank blows? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest, man. I would always do it before it happens. You would have never had that conversation if you don't you know, look outside the box and say you're just going over there for a service or going over there for a sales call. I'm so excited. I get to help install a water heater in a couple weeks. Woo. I'm, I'm getting in here, man. I'm getting my hands dirty. I'm trying to learn stuff um, with uh, Thielen Mechanical here in Minnesota. Oh, very cool. They are doing it for a dog shelter for uh, free. So Very cool. Very, very cool uh, thing, and we're going to film it and stuff. Anyways, so next is cold trends what's something people are spending time money energy or effort on that you would recommend they stop yeah so we, we talked about this before um i think tv commercials is kind of a waste of time i believe what i believe is getting in front of your customers the more natural old school way instead of instead of tv commercials and uh, we talked back in the past you've had some people on like dave carroll is postcards we go old school, man. We'll be in front of the customer on a postcard about 100 times a year. Mm. So when they need us, we're ready for them. And we're, we're sending coupons. We're sending specials. We're sending our little whole bike of dollars to where they're, they're getting these coupons to where we'll go over for a $3,000 repair or a unit replacement. And they'll have a stack of gift cards that they got That's from amazing. all the little mailers. I have all these. Great. You can use up to five. And 
they're getting $400 off. It's not much money, but they kept those coupons and they called us because I'm going to take advantage of my coupons because so you know as well as I do, your wife or someone at home sees a coupon. Oh my God, it's about to expire. I got to go use this coupon. Well, yeah. actually, we don't need that product, but go and use your coupon. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. The whole bike of dollars thing. That's that's a really good strategy. Anything on the direct mail where like the targeting, what are you target what is your guys' like strategy on the targeting? Do you have like a tight area that yeah. you push towards? So Yeah, yeah. So so we, we do different areas that are hot and stuff, but we do the same thing that Dave talked about on your podcast. So one of the people that he said he was mentoring, my best postcards. So we we, we, we use them and basically long story short. If I come out to your house and do work on your, you know, uh, I do service on your house, and let's say I change a condenser fan motor, every single one of those neighbors on that street is going to get a flyer in the mail saying, hey, you might have seen our van last week. We were out at one of your neighbors' house. We, we were able to help them out. They have a system that's pushing the age, and we were able to get a tune-up, get a couple more years out of it. Are you in that same situation? Call us now for a new 1952 special, $20, $19.52, because it's the year we opened the business. Mm. Just getting our foot in the door. Anytime we do an install, Every single person within like three blocks will get a card and say, hey, you might have seen, you know, two or three of our trucks last week in a train on Cottontail A. Won't say the address, but like the street it was on. That was us at, you know, one of our longtime customer relationships houses, and we were replacing three systems. The reason they did all three was because their home's real big, but we always give discounts by doing multiple systems at the same time. It's always better to replace your unit when it's nice outside, not hot out. And it's a beautiful day, and they're like, man, my house is about the same age. Might as well call him for a free quote. Awesome. Um, and then the last question is, uh, it's actually a segment put on by powerselling.pros.com. Check them out for coaching on your phone answering systems. But my question to you, Andy, is what's one thing, segment's called Money in the Phones. What's one thing that you recommend for phone answering systems that could help some folks today? Um, smiling on the phone. So not enough people do it, right? So we, we, we strive all of our office personnel and people, salespeople, I don't care what it is. Someone can see, they can hear if you're smiling on the phone or not, if you're being genuine. And if you're truly smiling and you love your job and you're showing that on the phone and you're really smiling, it will change your attitude because you'll be like, I must be in a good mood, I'm smiling. Yeah. And you will come off different on the phone. A lot of people don't believe in it. Well, try it on. Smile and start talking to someone. You'll, you'll maybe start laughing. They'll be like, what's so funny? And be like, Oh man, my boss told me if I smile on the phone, I'll sound happier. The person's like, well, you sound pretty happy. You having a great day? I like that. And it does change your biochemistry, right? By smiling. So if we all... And, and, and I'm also uh, friends with Brigham. He's a, he's a good dude. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Shout out Brigham, Power Selling Pros. And let's all smile as we wrap up 100%. this podcast. <laughs> I can't... I'm so happy that we had this like conversation with somebody about kindness today. We're talking about being yeah. ki more kind and how it's going to help you make more money and have a better life. I don't just want money, Andy. I want to be rich. I think I'm, yeah. I'm not unlike most people in that, but I want to be rich and I want to be happy. And I do I believe kindness and prioritizing that in our business is going to make it more likely that we're going to have a good life and a positive day. Yeah, 100%. Well, Andy, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll end it with one thing, Tim, yes, on, on, on that note of being happy. Let's say, let's say that you go on through your day and tonight you're on your way home and you get hit by a drunk driver and you die. Your funeral in a couple of weeks, are people going to remember you as Tim Brown that owned the podcast that was really successful and drove all these supercars and was a badass? Or 
Tim Brown was the guy that had that podcast and that agency to where he was always looking how he could help the next person be better and better themselves because he knew if he helped someone get to the next level and better themselves, it would make him a better person, happier mm. person, more successful, better husband, better father, better everything to where mm. he's a better person because he's surrounding himself with those people. Mm. Just got chills. There it is, baby. Apply that to your situation today. Andy, thank you so much for being on. Um, and where could people check you out? So the easiest way would be Instagram. So uh, just Andy Hobica, you know, Facebook, um, a little bit on other social media, you got YouTube, but I would go to Instagram. A lot of people hire either my dad or, or myself for different coaching that we offer on um, uh, uh, social media. But the thing is, man, go to my social media page, just watch some of my videos. I guarantee you'll learn something new that you'll be able to try out today. Awesome, thank you. And the podcast is put on by hookagency.com. Hook Agency all over social. And thank you guys for joining. Like the video if you don't mind. Comment below if you feel so generous. And subscribe. See you guys.